while whilst we're recording this, Conan is tweeting about bounty bars. <laughs> That's how interested and he is in what I've got to say about fucking Rain Brewster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Naz, you have your little say about Brewster there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more important business to deal. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello comrades and you're very welcome to the Football Spin. It's a football spin on a Friday morning ahead of a packed weekend of Premier League football. After a packed week week of football, um, lots going on in the in the Cup. Um, we have an Irish team into the Europa League. Group stage is Nas, which we're very excited about. And I say we because it's Nas Chaudhry and Conan Doherty off the Souls bench today, uh, swooping in. Uh, so we'll just very quickly mention Dundalk. They beat um, KI from the Faroe Islands, Nas. I'm sure you're keeping an eye on it. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, big fan. Oh, I've been, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm like Robbie Keane. I've, I've supported him since I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, the mighty KI who beat Dynamo Tbilisi six one in the last round. So, like this, there were no pushovers. Um, so there will be an Irish team in the Europa League group stages, and it's exciting because it's worth a lot of money. Uh, the, they were talking about three million euros worth in an, in a league like the Irish league it's obviously a lot of money so a very good morning for Dundalk and their fans uh not such a good morning for Liverpool they're out of the uh I was gonna say Carling Cup but of course it's the Carabao the Carabao Cup and they were beaten by Arsenal on penalties last night and uh but it is it is a very good week for for Aston Villa for Everton for Wolves I mean, you could describe this as the new world order that we're looking at here in the pre- well, new Premier League order at least. Um, Conan Doherty, um, a Villa fan, um, a voice of Villa fans across Ireland. How excited are you by this start of the season for Aston Villa and the signings they've made? Ross Barkley. Well, Aston Villa just got put into the League Cup as well last night, so it was a bit of a, a bum note for us. Um, obviously, Villa aren't going to be competing. I was, I was making the comparison with uh, Tottenham Hotspur, all or nothing. Remember, it was like it all started off like Spurs are six points off fourth place, and then that very quickly adjusted to Spurs are now nine points off fourth place, and then suddenly the whole shift of the show changes, and it's like. You know, um, what was it? FA Cup is the, the last chance for Spurs to win a cup. They lose to Southampton and you never hear of it again. Um, so that was, it was disappointing from a Villa point of view to go into the cup. And I was actually thinking about it. You know, they played a second team and it was like, fair enough, they got Liverpool at the weekend. And then I thought, hang on a second. We're going to lose that match anyway. So why not just play your second team against Liverpool at the weekend? Go through to the quarterfinals. But then I know I've gone back and forward here four times now. But then I realised that we would end up losing the League Cup anyway to Liverpool, I thought, who ended up getting put out, or Man City, who we did lose to in the final last year. So we're not going to win that, essentially. So why not just focus on the league and hope that it's better than last year? Um, when I described you as a super sub or coming off the subs bench, were you upset by that? By that uh, description? I was a little. For some reason, I don't know why, but the name Bosco Balaban went through my head. <laughs> and he, he wasn't even a super sub for Villa he was just a bad sub 
Um, can we all, can, can we also talk about why why Ruben's busy today? Who he's talking to? Well, that, that's what I was I was going to <laughs> mention that, but uh, yeah, Conan, yeah, Ruben is in fact uh, interviewing your hero and um, Villa Dreamboat Jack Grealish. Please don't be too upset. I, I genuinely don't want to fucking talk about this. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I actually can't get over it. Like, you know, when you see people getting pictures with celebrities, I'm always thinking. Ugh get over it, like, you know, sing the song, so what? Or, you know, people can't believe you get to interview someone. When you said that to me today, I didn't realise that I had harboured these thoughts, these same thoughts for Jack. <laughs> I genuinely just wanted to reach out to Ruben, like, give give me the fucking interview, I'll do it. And, and then I was like, why why do I care so much about, about doing that interview? And it's because I just want them to like me. Do you know what? <laughs> I just want to meet Jack Grealish and him go away and think, you know what, I wouldn't mind hanging out with that guy sometime. It's sad, but like it's funny. Like if I talk to my girlfriend, like, she didn't realize that that Jack Grealish is seven years younger than me. <laughs> the way the way I've been talking about him through the entirety of our relationship, she was like, "Hang on, this guy's twenty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a little kid. He gets drunk at the weekends. But <laughs> you know, I am obsessed with." Yeah, I, I I do that. I've I've um I sometimes have to check myself when I'm taking the piss out of like a player being old and they'll be like thirty two, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm way beyond that. So yeah. Um, Nas. Um, in terms of Villa, let's well, let's talk about Villa. Let's talk about let's talk about Ros Ros Barkley because he's an interesting one because Ross Barkley from the minute he burst onto the scene at Everton. Like they were talking about Ross Barkley in the same in the same kind of breath as uh, Wayne Rooney, and in many respects they were almost more excited about Ross Barkley because Everton were in a better place at that time when he first came on the scene. They'd had maybe six years of Moyes, so they weren't like on fire. And even with Rooney from the beginning, they probably felt like, look, we might get a couple of years out of this guy before somebody swoops in. So there was a lot of excitement about Ross Barkley. Had a very bad start to his career at 16. He had his leg broken in three places by Andre Wisdom of Liverpool um, for the England under 19. So, like, the guy has, at, from the very beginning, tons of talent, loads of promise, but he's had to kind of face down adversity. Um, he had an interesting time at Everton because everybody knew he was brilliant. Like, they kind of, they would say the comparisons to Gaza were there from very early on in the way he run, uh, ran with the ball, his, his build, I suppose, the position that he was in. But he was one of these players that one week he'd score, he'd beat five players and like absolutely thump it into the top corner against Newcastle. And then he could be in games where you just you wouldn't even notice that he was playing. And he left Everton under a cloud because he could have gone to, uh, at the time, he could have gone to Chelsea um, in the summer transfer window for big money. And for whatever reason, the deal didn't get done. And rightly or wrongly, the Everton fans blamed him for not getting the deal done. And when he went in the winter window, like inevitably four months later, it was half the price uh, that Chelsea paid for him. So like he didn't go with Everton fans' blessing. He It didn't really happen for, for him at Chelsea. And now he's at Villa and he's clearly a player with tons of talent. But you do wonder if if he can realise that talent. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I remember hearing about him before I'd seen him play. Just because there was that much hype around uh, this new, this new player in uh, in in Everton's academy, um, and and yeah, and, and like as sort of, I mean, on one level, the Gaza comparisons might seem 
a little bit mad. But like on another on, on another level, they're completely understandable because I suppose I suppose since Gaza, there's there's always been like this desperation for there to be a new one, and and this essentially there's there's like two kinds of players that sort of dribble past people. Um, uh, definitely in English football. Anyway, you, you get you get the players that that sort of um, rely more on pace, and it's it's uh, it's it's basically they, they they need a little bit of skill and and, and they're away. Um, whereas players like Gaza, players like Ross Barkley, especially in in his in his early years, um, it's it's that way of just almost with the minimal number of touches to to ease past players and. And it's and it, and because you because it's not being done at a hundred miles per hour, um, you often see them beating multiple players, and 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 it's just it's it, it's not only it's not always the the fast fastest movements or the, or the or the or the sort of uh, greatest amount of pace. Sometimes it's just a a little bit of a burst of pace, a little bit of a drop of the shoulder, and aesthetically it's beautiful. It's it's part of the reason why. Um, why Zidane was so beautiful to watch and why Michael Laudrup was so beautiful to watch because that kind of player who can go past people like that is 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 very sort of uh, aesthetically pleasing and 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 he definitely had an element of that and uh, and 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 again like it was he could he could also you'd also like see him doing a a lovely pass to um sort of spread the play or or, or you'd see him scoring the odd goal and you thought like he's he's got everything and he's he also seemed to have like a decent sort of uh, physicality and, uh, and and sort of got stuck in. So so there was so, there was so much to play with. But I think the thing with him because it, because it's interesting with with um, with Wayne Rooney is is that people often describe Wayne Rooney as as a street footballer and the, and the last street footballer. Whereas in some ways I think Ross Barkley is more of a street footballer because because to me street footballer means like undoubted skill uh, but raw. And and unless unless that gets honed, you are always going to be a street footballer. Unless that gets harnessed properly, you you will always be a talented player who's not as effective as they could be. And that's the frustration with Ross Barkley is that is that no one's really harnessed it, and he's not harnessed it himself. Like he he's got all the tools, but then but then runs into blind alleys, doesn't always see the ball, uh, see the pass. He's got this thing that Pompey's got. Of because he's quite good at keeping the ball and going past people, he holds on for, he he holds on to it for too long. And I saw that I saw that loads at Everton. The amount of times he'd he'd maybe beat a player or, or beat a couple, but then just just hold on to the ball too long and then lose it. And 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 it's that elements of a street football that can be negative. So he's he's incredibly skillful, incredibly talented, but it's a case of it it it, it went sour at Everton. It didn't. It never quite worked out at Chelsea, even though he did a decent job. And now, like, it'll be interesting whether he could find his proper home at, at, at Villa. And he's still only twenty six, so so that so that there's, there's still room to sort of uh, iron out any creases in his game. Um, but yeah, and 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 again, like people say, like why have, why have Villa bought him? They've got other players. They've got uh, can they've got um, Grealish. But 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 again. Like if last season, if Grealish got injured, Villa would have gone down. And I know they've strengthened the season, but you you do need a squad, and and you even need a deputy for your star player. So I think it makes a lot of sense. But it'll just be interesting to see whether he can fulfil a bit of what he was capable, or, or looks as if he was capable of it earlier in his career. 
Yeah, it's funny because Barkley's 26, but I'm still not entirely sure what what's his best position in midfield. Like, he's played 6, 8, and 10. I mean, I remember him playing as a 6 for Everton and, and sort of like coming from deep on these surging runs. Actually, he was playing as a 6 when he scored a very memorable goal at St. James's Park, the one I was alluding to there, where he beat three or four players and just, you know, fired into the top, into the top corner. I guess, like, if you're a deep-lying midfielder and you have the dribbling skills that he has... You can do stuff like that. But also, if you're a deep-line midfielder and you're going on these surging runs, you possibly, uh, you're leaving your team wide open. Kind of like, obviously, I know you're really excited to get Barkley in, Watkins in. It's been a really good window for Villa. We'll get to United in a minute. Um, but Villa have had an amazing window. Uh, Greatest staying on, obviously, it's like the classic, the cliche, like a new signing. Where would you like to see Barkley fit into the Villa team? It's a good question. I know he has spoken with Dean Smith, the manager, and he's told him that he wants to play number eight. Um, and that's one of the reasons he was convinced to, to join Aston Villa. Um, and I think that's probably with a view to the Euros next summer. He's looking at the the England squad, and it's, it's it's an amazing squad that England have, but like their weakest area, or definitely weakest personnel, is is the middle three, whoever they play in midfield. And that's why we're seeing... Harry Winks and, and Ward Price still in these squads. Um, like Ross Barkley's thinking, looking at that, thinking I could definitely be playing there for England. Um, so that's the exciting thing. Is part of me was part of me is always worried when you get a you know a player from a big club when they're twenty six. Now obviously when you get a young player from a big club on loan, it's good because they're trying to break through. But when someone's twenty six or beyond and they're coming on loan, it's like oh, you know how much is this guy up for? It? Does he think he's going to be able to piss around at Villa? Um, but the fact that the Euros are next summer, he can't he can't afford to piss around, um, and he still is twenty six. So we, you know, technically his best could yet like be to come. Now I think there's also a, a quandary in Villa because when you get an exciting loan player in, your first thought is like, when can we sign this guy? Is is there a is there an option to buy at the end? There's not for Villa, but you know all, all the noise is if he plays well and they'll do well, then like, you know, he could be convinced to stay. But part of me is thinking if he doesn't play well, then that's not good. And if he does play well, and if he plays to the standard that everybody thinks that Ross, Ross Barkley can get to, and, and you're right, Paddy, I don't think he's gotten to that standard, like, you know, consistently yet. But if he does get to that standard, will Chelsea just take him back or would somebody else buy him? You know, so I think it could be a great asset this season. I don't know beyond that, unless he drags Villa right up the table with him. But, you know, Nas said if Grealish is was relegated last year or if Grealish was gone last year Villa relegated I think it's very it would be very close to being relegated again this year without Jack Grealish as well he's that important and just yeah he's he's obviously the same milk as Ross Barkley who can take a pass players about using pace and those players are just they're so important because it's take men out of the game like you know they're not necessarily creating assists and scoring goals all the time but they cause imbalances in teams and that's what that's what Grealish does that's what Barkley does I think so Connor Harahan unfortunately for Irish fans, is in trouble because I think Barkley will fit in alongside John McGinn and Douglas Louise holding it. Um, but he's also an option to play because Villa are playing a bit narrower up top because they want their fullbacks like Matty Cash who he signed at right back pushing on. So you can have Grealish cutting inside alongside Ross Barkley, maybe both playing off Ollie Watkins. Like That's an option as well, but I think mostly he'll be playing in the middle three. Um, so good, good business for Villa this transfer window. Um, really good business for Everton and and Wolves. That that kind of new uh, Premier League order I was talking about, and seeing these kind of mid range clubs pushing forward and definitely making good signings. Nas, it's like obviously United have always looked at Chelsea 
have always looked at um, Arsenal, Liverpool, City, Spurs and thought that's where we need to be. That's who, that these are the teams we need to look at. But on the other side, if you're if you're any of those ta- if those teams, specifically United, you're now looking over your shoulder and and looking at like the Wolves, the Everton, the Evertons. <laughs> Sounding like Michael Owen here now. The Wolves, the Evertons, the Villas, um, and you're thinking. Like, we're in a bit of bother here if we don't strengthen. And it has been a very difficult window. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is talking today, this morning in a press conference. Um, Naz, it, it's not looking very positive for United at the moment. No, it's not. And uh, I mean, it's it's easy to forget that there are talented players at United. Like, like there, there is Bruno Fernandes, there is Pogba... There's uh, there's Rashford and and Greenwood and Martial, so so, so obviously the, there's good players there. But um, I suppose I suppose the frustrating thing is that at one point it looked as if this this team had a real chance of going somewhere and just needed two or three players to make it very competitive. But now you've gone back down to an average team, and then you're having to list the good players. Um, so, so that's the issue, and 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 you're right. It's um, it's such a, it's such an interesting league now. Like, I don't know about you two, but um, we, we obviously love football and, and we'll watch football whenever it's on. But there was there was often games, uh, for the last few seasons that you kind of, you kind of saw that that that, that there were it was live on Sky or BT Sport or wherever, and and you'd kind of think, ah. Oh, Cannot be asked with this. I'll probably, I'll probably still end up watching it out of muscle memory, but I ju- I'm just not interested. I'm not interested in in watching, I don't know, Everton as a neutral. I'm not interested in watching Palace as a neutral. But like now, like I don't know about you, but like practically every game, um, it's it's a really, it's a really interesting watch just because uh, there's certain players or or, or or this or this certain sort of uh formations or, or whatever that have come into a team and you kind of think this look this team look handy like like it's even like with all due respect with all due respect to to Villa sometimes I'd see Villa were playing and I think okay well at least I'll be able to sort of uh enjoy watching Grealish or whoever um but now like I'm looking forward to seeing Everton I'm looking forward to seeing Leeds uh Wolves Villa uh, they, they, all, they, they, there's all these teams that I would usually not not uh, particularly care about, but because they've bought these interesting players and because they've sort of uh, seemingly bought very wisely, you kind of think, oh, let's let's see how this works out. Like, where could they finish? I think I, th- I think the mid-table section of the Premier League was always deathly dull. But then you kind of thought, oh, like, like now now that that middle section of the table could actually be very competitive. And, and you're right, it could it, it, it could affect United. And I suppose it goes back to this thing of of it's just a, it's just a mess of a club. And 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 there's at the time of recording there's there's less than there's less than four days left and I know there's less than four days left because Sky have on the on their sort of uh, clock they're actually they're actually showing the milliseconds as well so you know you you know we're at the squeaky bum time now um, so, so so anything that happens between now and the end end of the window um, it will be in spite. Of United being a massive fuck up, it's actually incredible that a team, that a club like United, that have got so much going for them in terms of money, in terms of their 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 prestige, like low, like players should want to come there, and it's amazing that, uh, and they've also got Champions League football this season, but it's amazing how how they can be so bad at this. 
Solskjaer in that conference this morning is talking about, I'm not sure I'm the right one to talk about progress or where we're at. I've had my view on what to do and had the backing to go with my, and had the backing to go with my plans and vision and we're all different. So essentially he said as well that the, the, they know his view, the board knows, know his view. Um, what does he mean by that? Do you think? I think I think it's interesting to read between the lines of what he says because obviously he can't come out and say I'm I'm unhappy like this isn't good enough but he can, he can sort of plant little Easter eggs in there so so when he says stuff like they know my view um, I think that's quite telling but also it's I think even more telling is 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 when he's got his acolytes when he's got his his, his ex colleagues in the media saying stuff because like there was a period of time where like. It was clear United were shambles in the transfer market and they weren't buying the players that they needed to. And you didn't really hear much. Like, like say, for instance, Gary Neville, you didn't hear really hear much from him criticising the club. But now, like the last week or so, um, he's come out very sort of uh, strongly criticising the club for not buying the players they should have bought this summer. And and, and that that's telling to me just because he's obviously close to Solskjaer and it's, it's almost as if Solskjaer is using him as as a bit of a external battering ram to get his point across. Well, that, that, that I mean, that, that might be wrong, but that's how it seems to me. So I find that very interesting. But also, I think he knows. I think I think he, he knows it's not good enough. He sort of, you, you look at that Champions League draw and it just sort of <laughs> emphasises the point that United could be right royally fucked this season. And um, and it's just this, uh, it's just this, it's just, it's just this knowledge that come, people will moan, people will complain, people will sort of get very angry about United's board. But as soon as the window closes, and and and, and sort of uh, like the football starts in earnest without any possibility of players coming in, slowly the criticism will move away from the board, and and inevitably it'll it'll be more about Solskjaer as a manager, and and that, that might be a little bit unfair, but that's just human nature. That's just what happens. Like people people know there's no point in criticizing the board until. Until, until January, and, and 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 don't get me wrong, some people still will, and right, rightfully so. But more and more people will just focus more on Solskjaer just being a failure, and 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 I think he knows that. But what can you do? What can he do? He's he's uh, it's also like 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 uh, it's interesting that you started your quote there by saying I, I I'm not the right man or something, and I thought you were going to end it there. Um, just just because just just because like I, I I'm very fond of Solskjaer and I've got a massive soft soft spot for him and I'll I'll sort of like uh, probably defend him more than I should but if it's that it's like that old Groucho Marx uh, quote sort of like I won't I won't join any any uh, organization that would that would ever have me as a member or something to to misquote <laughs> him and it's and it's that thing of like if United were really on the ball and mm. and, and had the ambition to be the best club in the world. Would he be the manager? So, no. I <laughs> think <laughs> I think I think you're like Gary Neville. No, you're one of Solskjaer's acolytes as well. His <laughs> um, like you, you mentioned Gary Neville. I I did find it baffling. Like after the Crystal Palace match, now I, I know that that's where obviously the peak of your frustration then when you lose your first game. But <laughs> Neville came out and he was like, Ollie has asked for a right sided attacker." Like it's like right, but. Nobody asked Ollie to play Daniel James instead of Greenwood in that game. And like mm-hmm. he still had a good enough team to go beat Crystal Palace. And and this is the thing, like you mentioned the the teams that you enjoy watching. Like I actually <laughs> and it's funny like you that line, no, no disrespect to Villa, but it's almost like no disrespect to United. No, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I don't like watching them play. Like it's there's no plan, and I th- I think that's probably riddled. Even like if you look at Solskjaer's yeah his press conference that we're talking about, and I, I don't know if he's clear exactly what he wants. Like he says the board knows his view, but does he know exactly what his view is? Like what he wants the team to do, how he wants them to play, like. Where was he when they were given Phil Jones a new five-year contract? He has to come in there at some point and be like, lads, I, I don't really want this. This could, this could be a bad idea for it down the line. Or like, you know, surely at some point does he have to raise an eyebrow if they're spending 80 million on a centre-back? It's like, yeah, I know I said I wanted a centre-back, but are you going to hold this against me next summer when I need more players? Like, he needs to be a bit more coherent with exactly what he wants through the whole club. And I think, I think if the team were playing to a standard and playing with a clear direct system that we knew like we knew where they were going it would be a lot easier to see exactly what they needed and you could justify it a lot more to to give them those players as well no no it's, it's a good point it's it, it, it also the, 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 you, you get to a point where like the united will always be a massive club and united will always get headlines but they can be positive headlines and they can be negative headlines and one of the attractions about coming to a club like united is the money is the prestige is the fame like like anytime anyone's even linked United, like their their social media sort of following uh, shoots up, but that's a that's a that's a double edged sword because you also wonder like some players like if United if United are in a toxic chaotic situation, like coming to United could actually be a massive headache, and 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 the source of of loads more criticism and 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 sort of a negative spotlight. So like. You've got to be you've got to be careful in terms of how you are perceived as a club because sooner or later um, people start to think, do I want to go to do I want to go to Leeds or do I want to go to Everton where they may not be at that level of prestige or history or or even sort of a league sort of finish last season, but um, there's there's a better story there, there's a, there's a better mood there, there's there's better positivity there of of being a player there rather than going to a, a club. That ideally, like they'd love to go to United, but in the current guys, it's just a bit of a mess, and and they know that it would be, that they'd get they'd get labelled and they'd get coloured with all the with all the mess that United is at the moment. Um, just on, uh, we'll leave United, and we'll quickly mention some transfer news that has gone through. Ryan Brewster. The Liverpool youngster uh, is signing for Sheffield United, a club record fee for Sheffield United, £23.5 million. Uh, we kind of mentioned Brewster a few weeks ago on the show. We, we said that like the fact that he was being linked away with the club maybe was a surprise because Liverpool do need reinforcements up front. Now, since that, they have signed Diego Jota and presumably that was, that was kind of the green light to then you know free up Brewster to make a move. He'll probably play a lot of games at Sheffield United and it's worth pointing out as well that it's an interesting enough deal because Liverpool have a buyback option for three years and Liverpool will also get a 15% of any sell-on. So the 15% of that fee. Uh, what do you think, Naz? Because Brewster is somebody that has been earmarked for a while. Um, he's not like some of the other youngsters that uh, Liverpool have set, sold on. He has a bigger profile. And he is he is definitely, from my point of view, it's it's maybe more of a surprise that Liverpool are willing to sell him. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and 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 obviously, like we are not we're not seeing players in training every day, or don't know the dynamic internal dynamics of a club, so you can you can never really comment with with any level of uh, expertise. Uh, but um, 
there's, there's some players that that team sell, and you kind of think if that player was playing for another club, that that same club would would be interested in them. Like 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 if if Rain Brewster was was playing for a club other than Liverpool, you'd kind of think, oh, Liverpool would be interested in buying that player because because of the profile, because he's 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 so mature, uh, both on and off the field. He's he he's an exciting young English striker. He 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 it makes sense that he's not at his prime and therefore would be happy to sort of play second fiddle to their obviously established front three. So there's certain players like like that that you kind of think if they weren't in the situation they were in, that that same club that's selling them now would be interested in buying them. And it's I suppose I suppose another comparison you could make is perhaps United and Chris Smalling. That if if he wasn't already at the club and and there was this English. Um, English defender at the right age who has who has a um, a level of composure and and speed and and whatnot. Would United be interested in bringing him in, bringing him in now, especially for around uh, eighteen million or whatever? So it's a funny one, but um, I mean, it's 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 in terms of Liverpool and their their youth players, there is definitely um, a conveyor belt of very talented players coming through. But it's just a case of like how many are gonna stick. Obviously, you've got um, um, Trent, who's who, who's um, who's who's obviously like very quickly becoming one of the best players in the world in his position. But um, the other players, you kind of think it's, it'll be interesting to see which of these players can actually stay stay at Liverpool because they are are are, are level now where only the best will do. And maybe it's just a case of uh, Rain Brewster is a, is a very very good talent, but just not good enough for this Liverpool. Whereas Maybe eight years ago, he would be uh, touted as like the savior of, of the club and this and the next Michael Owen and this really exciting youngster at the club. So I suppose I suppose circumstances change, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how he. I suppose like it was, it was telling that he didn't get to step up last season when Liverpool had an opportunity to bring in players. Obviously, they brought in Curtis Jones, and he really excelled particularly, obviously, most memorably in the FA Cup when he scored that amazing goal. It was essentially Liverpool's second team that played that day and beat Everton. Um, but that was from a different that was from a different Everton era to, to focus on them for a minute. So, um, obviously, like, he's had a chance. I, I imagine there's a, in a different time, maybe Ryan Brewster is loaned out and could be loaned out for seasons to come. It's, it's, it's so decisive that they're going to sell him. It's, it's it's very interesting, and, and 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 what I find fascinating in this window more than other, more than any other, it's um it's a little bit what Conan was saying about uh about Ross Barkley coming in is is this is this there's the, these different levels of loan, like there's there's the standard loan that that there's no string attached, you have him for a while, and then he either comes back or we see what's happening. You've got the loan where there's a obligation to buy, where you have to buy a player no matter how he does on the loan. And there's the option to buy, and it's just interesting how different clubs are using those different scenarios, whether they're buying or selling, and how fans of those clubs feel about those deals. Um, gentlemen, I'm afraid we're going to have to bring this chat to a close. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you both, to Conan Doherty and to Noradine Chowdhury. One thing that Nas mentioned there, he was talking about how every game is watchable, is so watchable now, and you're following so many clubs and. Actually, it was something that Conlon, I think you'd mentioned to me during the week, like this is the golden age of the Premier League that we're living through, essentially. 
um, and probably perfect timing that we're we're experiencing this when we have maybe not a lot else going on in our lives that we have this amazing Premier League that is just cooking up so nicely. So we'll look at we'll keep an eye on it. We'll be back. Can I can I just quickly say oh. something related to that? Yeah, like, please. Uh, like like you like like you say every game's watchable, but not every podcast is listenable because while whilst we're recording this, Conan is tweeting about bounty bars. <laughs> That's how interested and he is in what I've got to say about fucking Rain Brewster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Naz, you have your little say about Brewster there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more important business to deal with. And it's funny because I was actually about to pipe up there and say, Paddy, you're bang on. Football is amazing. And then we're talking about, about bounty bars. But just, just quickly on that, Paddy, I know you tried to cut this, this podcast two minutes ago. But we're not done yet. And uh, I was thinking about, about that. And it is a lot of us to do with Villa and Everton, you know, just swinging their dicks around. And I was like, look at this. This is amazing. We're competing with the big boys. But I was watching the the Roy Keane and Jurgen Klopp exchange, and I just thought, this is brilliant. Like, this is great. Like, I'm starting to love Roy Keane, even though I think he talks absolute nonsense. And I'm just, I just have this warm feeling. Maybe it is related to Villa, but I was like, you know what? Fuck VAR. Fuck your complaints about handball. Football is in a golden era, and as long as Liverpool don't ruin it for everybody and just walk away with the league, this could be the best season of all time. But they probably will ruin it. <laughs> he's come good again there Nas he's, come <laughs> he's finished with the bounty bars he's back was, to the s- s- sorry I, I, was, I was busy tweeting about Kit Kats there so I didn't hear what you said <laughs> <laughs> alright lads listen thanks Nas thanks Con and thanks to you guys for listening if you haven't already done so click subscribe you'll never miss a show we'll see you the far side of the weekend enjoy the football good luck I think it would lift the spirits of the nation I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow bro People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus, why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.